Hello and welcome to In The Mix, the podcast all about the Great British Bake Off. Now it's a first on the Bake Off this week. It is Japanese week. We've never had one of those before, so I was quite excited about the episode. I'm also quite excited about the fact that I have on Stanley Dodd. Hello. Hello. You were on last time for our Celebrity Bake Off, so this is the first time that you've come on to actually slightly take the mick out of normal people doing their passion on the television. <laughs> when you put it like that, it sounds awful. It does, doesn't it? But it's really fun to do. <laughs> <laughs> it, it totally is. So because we haven't spoken to you yet this season, just wondered what you thought of Matt Lucas being a new presenter. Do you think that he's doing well? Uh, oh, well, okay. See, it's the same as like the impression I got from uh, when it was uh, Sunny Toxic and Noel together. It's like they're... <sighs> They're characters that I associate with a lot of adult humour and seeing them trying to cram like all this like family humour, it's <laughs> weird. It it really doesn't it doesn't feel as natural as it did with Mel and Sue, right? Like I always go back to those two because they were just like naturally like family friendly. But these guys, every time they make a joke, it just kind of feels a bit forced. Yeah, I do. I know what you mean completely, because you could just imagine Matt Lucas saying something really sort of over the line but in here mm-hmm. he's just making jo- he made a joke about cat poo and cat sue and i'm like oh. yeah it's like you're yeah. a children's entertainer <laughs> <laughs> that was literally like one of the moments when i was like oh goodness me yeah this isn't funny I mean, yeah noel still has a few good moments um where he, he, he uh interacts with the contestants in a funny way but yeah matt, matt is just i mean <laughs> what was the other thing you don't want to look stupid on tv and there's a flower pot on his head and it's like okay i see what you did there very funny yeah he's kind of, it's it's a bit too i, I don't know what the, I, there's an expression that i can't think of but it's a bit too like um on the nose yeah old-fashioned type humor you know when when they first started yeah. making comedy shows and all you had to do is fall over a chair and people would laugh, it's a bit it's a bit <laughs> like that, isn't it? It's a bit too first foray into comedy. Um, <laughs> yeah, got, just full of puns. Yeah, flower pot on your head. Oh, you've said something that sounds naughty. Oh well. Yeah. I thought you said mango. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought you said cat poo. Oh, I've said poo. Aren't they so funny? Oh. <laughs> So at least, okay, at least you agree. Uh, I have said in in a few podcasts that I thought he was sort of doing okay. I mean, he is, but I wasn't a fan of Little Britain when it came out anyway, or now, obviously. I don't think you can even say you're a fan of Little Britain now because it's just such a weird show. I wasn't too looking forward to Matt Lucas joining, but he's he's all right. He's all right. I just need a bit more convincing. I mean, he had his his bases in like uh, children's comedy, didn't he? Oh, I don't know. That would make sense. Because he did that one song about uh, it was baked potato. And that's just, that is comedy gold, really. Yeah, but again, it is it's too tame for me. I don't. I mean, I don't want really like raunchy, over the top comedy. But I don't I, singing about a baked potato. That no, like oh, it, it's perfect. It taps into the absurdist humour. That's what I love. But I just think even this is very on brand for me. But even when I was younger, I'd be like seven and someone would make it, you know, try and make a baked potato funny. And I'd sit there like, really, this is the level of humour you're going with. And that's how I feel now. (laughs) Very well. Very well. I see our opinions differ. 
Anyway, Japanese week. I was really excited about this because, I mean, I've never been to Japan, but it's one of those places that I'd always really love to go and see. I feel like I watch loads of those travel programs that come on. I even watched Paul Hollywood's Japanese travel program this year when he went. And I love it. It looks like such a cool place and I'd love to go. So I was excited that Japanese week was happening. I don't I don't think it disappointed. I think it was a good week because it gave the contestants the ability to really get creative and do some sort of more out there things. I mean, last week was pastry week and the showstopper, they just had to make a tart with a bit of pastry over the top. Boring, right? Whereas this week, they had to make a full-on cute like character cake, which really made them think outside the box. So I was enjoying Japanese week. Did you think it was a good one? Yeah, I definitely think so. I've actually, I actually went to Japan, like, what was it, almost 15 years ago. Oh my goodness. I'm so jealous. (laughs) It makes me want to go back. It was very good because it did tap into two, like, very Japanese specific cuisines with the steam buns and the the matcha cake. And the kawaii cake, okay, it's kind of like, I, I see what you mean. Like it's kind of it kind of brings out the creativeness from the uh, bakers. Um, but it's it. I think it, yeah, it was it was nice to pay homage to like a culture that some people might not really think about as much. I mean, they could have done sushi, but they didn't. I guess that's because it doesn't really take much. But they also have like really nice cheesecakes over there as well. So I'm surprised they didn't go for like a cheesecake. Oh, I know. We'll, we'll get on to talking about the showstopper and everything. But Lottie did make the jiggly sponge at the end. And that reminds mm. me of those cheesecakes that I always see. It seems to be the first thing that Mark Zuckerberg thinks I'm interested in going on Facebook every time. <laughs> it just is a jiggly cheesecake from Japan. I've watched so many videos of those. I think they're just they look just like something that's not on this earth. How does that even work? And I really want to try one. Missed opportunity, but never mind. I mean, it's still good. It's still fantastic. So the first challenge that they had to do this week was create Japanese steam buns. They could be sweet or savoury with their fillings. But they also said they didn't just have to be the traditional Japanese flavours. Because you've been to Japan, I'm going to ask you this all the time now. Have you had a Japanese steam bun? I actually haven't. I mean, I've had like one of those bao buns in London, but no, they um, mainly the cuisine that I had in Japan was uh, the different types of noodles. So I never got a chance to have a steam ball, did I? Actually. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to remember, I mean, it's been 15 years. It's so. a while ago. <laughs> it's, been a while, it's been a while. I think I might have, actually. But I can't I'm remember not, anything. I'm not going to ask you to describe the exact taste of it <laughs> if it's been 15 years. Um, <laughs> the only reference point I have, which is slightly upsetting for me, is uh, having... The, a steam bun in, um, God, what the hell is Wagamama. I was, I, all I had in my head was <laughs> Janana's, and I couldn't get the word Janana's out. And I'm like, it's not fucking Janana's. No one's going to know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> Except people that went to Warwick University in 2015. Um, <laughs> that is a niche, like, <laughs> niche <laughs> I know. Just one tiny outlet on the campus that's not even there anymore. Uh, <laughs> Wagamama. I've had a steam bun at Wagamama, but I feel like I sound like an absolute loser just by saying, "Oh, well, my! I've had Japanese food before from Wagamama." That's not <laughs> that correct. That is true. <laughs> so, I mean, they looked the buns that they made on the bake off. I'm, I'm sorry to say, Wagamama, they looked better 
than the one that I've had from there. I was surprised because some people did sort of cute type designs again. There were some little pigs and some sheep and some chickens, I think. Whereas some people just went with a traditional design and stuff. The person that I talk all the time about on this podcast in a probably really unhealthy way is Peter from Scotland, who I have said from day one is going to be the winner. Um, um, it still could come true. He created the little lamb-shaped buns with some lamb mince and a stir-fry in, which I thought looked really, really good. Did any of them stand out for you? See, I have to agree with the fact that, like, Peter seems like he's going to win the whole thing. He's been displayed as, like, the prodigy, right? I know. Young man, you know, everything he does is just perfect. (laughs) I know, it's annoying, isn't it? He's very much like the know-it-all uh, at school, which I think I probably was the know-it-all. I'm not saying I was a prodigy. I was just very much like, actually, sir, I think you've done this wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think Peter that is definitely was definitely a tone that comes across. Yeah, I think he's great. I really liked what his look like. Uh, Dave, he did the katsu, katsu, katsu. Um, <laughs> terrible joke. Nice. Uh, <laughs> katsu buns um, and they were made to look like little chickens I thought they were nice the person who made me laugh quite a lot throughout this episode is Ermine because she tried to convince us right at the start that she'd done a lot of research into Japanese food and she said Japanese food is quite like French cuisine it's got a lot of influence from France and I mean I don't know a lot about cooking but I think I need a little bit more convincing that (laughs) French and Japanese food is the same That did run through all of her bakes, including her steamed buns. But the main thing in the first signature challenge was the battle of the burgers between Lottie and Mark. That is a great name for it. it yeah, is, that, it? that rivalry was just... <laughs> that, was, that was great. Nice little bit of rivalry between those two. It was good, but the, the bit that just got me is, okay, they pitched them off as rivals and it was very funny, but, but Paul Hollywood... Uh, considering he just had been to Japan for this show and they kept referencing the fact that Paul knows a lot about Japanese food now he kind of was set up to be like this Japanese food expert but he then walks around and said oh I I don't really like that can you take that out and seemed to be really put off by a lot of the flavors (laughs) yeah the gherkins and that was another Lucas that was another like Lucas like bomb (laughs) <laughs> the gherkins not working oh no i didn't even write that one down it was that bad <laughs> <laughs> oh it does seem to be a thing even in mcdonald's the gherkins divide people if you order a, a cheeseburger and there's some gherkins in there's usually someone in your group that will eat all the gherkins of everybody else um, that is me that's from my experience I've never had the chance to eat everyone else's gherkins, but I would if I could. Yeah. See, so we're both normal people that eat gherkins and think they're fine, whereas yeah. Paul Hollywood sounded like he was terrified. You know, he com- <laughs> completely asked to get them to taken get out and have a separate <laughs> bun. <laughs> and it, it, impa- it impacted Lottie in the end because uh, he said uh, hers were a bit dry. And she was like, well, yeah, that's because you didn't have the radish with it. Yeah, exactly. You made me change my recipe on the day, Paul. <laughs> He, he did ask for a bit of ketchup as well, which I thought was weird. In any other challenge on the Bake Off, who goes, oh, this would be better with a bit of ketchup. Very weird. Not was... Japanese at all. <laughs> well, to be, to, to be fair, like having like burger-styled steamed buns isn't quite 
Japanese. It's a Japanese twist, really. If if anything, that's not an American twist on a Japanese classic. It's like a Japanese twist on an American classic. Yeah, exactly. I thought it was quite a good idea, though. And one of the things that made me laugh is the fact that Lottie obviously didn't have a lot of faith in her bun, so she decided to deep fry some chips with it <laughs> that they didn't even ask yeah. for. Yeah, that was... That was an interesting little bit that she did. Extra points. I mean, I was impressed with the buns. I think everyone did pretty well. And they did They did all look quite good. And it gave us the wonderful moment of seeing, uh, again, which was a bit, bit jarring, uh, Prue Leith eat a burger. And I don't I don't know. How sh- do you think she's ever eaten a burger before? <laughs> she must have, right? Must have done. There must be like late nights when she's like, I can't be bothered. To pull out all the you know the tins and the trays and the bowls to make something amazing. I've not done the washing just, up, you know. <laughs> I haven't washed up from uh, last night's uh, uh, dinner party. Yeah. So I I can't be asked. I'm gonna go on to Uber Eats. I'm gonna <laughs> order some McDonald's. <laughs> oh, I love the idea that Prue uses Uber Eats. I love <laughs> yeah. that. Calling upon her local takeaway. <laughs> And then she she um, answers the door like in a in a mask like a full like face covering. So they don't know. <laughs> yeah, a coronavirus face covering. Or <laughs> uh, this just popped into my head. I don't know if you've ever seen the amazing film Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> yes. Uh, and there's the moment in it where Robin Williams is like for some reason switching between Mrs. Doubtfire and himself, the character, uh, yeah. and uh, he then ends up because he hasn't put his costume on, putting his face in a cake and having just all this icing and pretending it's a face mask. Um, and you just think Prue Leith is sat there being like, oh God, the doorbell's gone. What can I do? And just puts her face into a cake. <laughs> I've got this cream cake just hanging around. She's on the bake-off. Of course she's got a cream cake hanging around. She's got a couple. Yeah. Uh- well, that does that brings up a good point. Why did single dad Robin Williams in that film have just a massive cake in his fridge? In, actually, I don't remember. I I know I know the reason he was switching between the characters was because he had the uh, the freaking woman um, come along. <laughs> he had the woman to do an audit, basically, of like his woman. living state. Yeah. Oh. Um... <laughs> The, the, the like, uh, woman that was checking whether he was suitable for, like, custody and stuff. I don't know what yeah, they're called. Exactly, the divorce woman. Yeah. The freaking yeah. woman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just... It's a lot of fun about Tom. Like, I, I knew... I could picture her in my head, but I had no name for her whatsoever. <laughs> this made me laugh. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think it was explained why he had a cake in there, but... That that that's totally what Prue Leaf does, definitely, to get her cheeseburger <laughs> fix. I will say, going back to the bow, well, steam buns. I keep yeah. calling them bao, right? I don't know. I think that's the Chinese version of them. My first thing that I have to say is that how do they? They all seem to know how to make steam buns right off the bat. Yeah. I don't know how to make steam buns. I've never. Who who just knows how to make steam buns? <laughs> I, you know what? This is what I don't understand about the Bake Off. So I know they're all they're all quarantining together this year, and they've obviously oh. had like entertainment put on and stuff because they're living in essentially a Bake Off village because of coronavirus. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it obviously like camping or something. Um, and it was shown on Joe Brand's show that she does on a Friday, Extra Slice, that they all have their own individual test kitchens. 
So they obviously get told, I don't know whether it's that week that you're going to have to make steam buns or whatever, and then they can Google and come up with their recipes. But if they're doing that, why are some of the recipes that they have on the day so bad? Like the other week they were trying to cook brownies, and if they'd had a week advance like time to prep them, you know, and then, then some of them were raw in the actual challenge. That's what I don't understand. That doesn't make any sense. No. I'm going to have yeah. to do some serious tweeting at some of the bakers <laughs> this year and try and get to the bottom of it. What is going on? Explain. Yeah, when do you find out which ones? <laughs> How do you find out? Maybe they find out like all at once at the very beginning and they have to kind of like guess when each recipe is going to come up. Oh, so God. maybe. So they got told, oh, not... it's steam buns, so it's Japanese week, and they're thinking, is there going to be a bun week or is it this <laughs> week that I'm going to have to do the yeah. steam buns? Exactly. And then that way, the ones that didn't practice the brownies, they, they, they messed up by the time it comes up. Ooh, maybe. I like that. I hope there's these games behind the scenes that we don't know about. I have started looking up the recipe for steam buns now. Okay, nice. Do you think you'll attempt it? I think I will, actually. Like, yes. I mean, the way that they described them, they said they were amazing and they look great. So I really, I really want one. And I don't want to, you know... I want to like eat one. You don't want to have to do Uber Eats face in the cake to get one. <laughs> well, the thing is, you know, I... <laughs> one, I don't have a cream cake, so I mean, I have to buy. I'd have to get a cream cake from Uber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just can you just shut your eyes when you deliver it? Put that in the delivery <laughs> note. Face in cake, get your steam bun. <laughs> Pretty much. But, like, I don't know what restaurants would be serving, like, steam buns and also just steam buns. Like, surely it would have to come with something. Do you get steam buns as a side order? I think it's a starter in Wagamama. Oh, um, is it? But I don't think you don't just get the bun, obviously. So if you wanted to create your own filling, I think you'd have to bake it from scratch. Well, yeah, exactly, exactly. If I want to do, like, a hamburger style or... All the other ones, katsu. None of them did a sweet one. That was interesting. Yeah, I thought that. They all, they all, even though we're told don't necessarily stick to the traditional Japanese flavours, quite a lot of them did, or they used sort of <laughs> curries. Um, yeah, no one did a sweet one. I wanted like a sticky toffee pudding steam bun. Oh, that would have been amazing. Oh, I'd totally do that. That'd be so good, right? Someone should have done that. Well, we did move on to a sweet, sweeter challenge with the technical this week. Um, it was to create hey. a matcha. That was a Lucas drop of your own. I know. Bad, right? It's catching. Uh, oh, I can't say that this year. It is was a 12 crepe cake flavoured with matcha. And they needed to be strawberries and white chocolate ganache buttercream. I think I've written down. That's a lot of baking words. It, it was yeah. essentially just a crepe cake. Which I've never had. Yeah, nor me. Nor me at all. Are you a fan of matcha? Uh, Like, so I've had it in like teas and coffees, but like it's never been um, anything amazing because it's basically just like a kind of, it's it's green tea. It's basically just green tea. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if, obviously I've not been to Japan, so if I go to Japan and try something matcha flavoured, it might be the best thing I've ever tasted. But the things (laughs) that I've had with matcha in, in this country, it just tastes so powdery. I just mm-hmm. don't enjoy that, like, powdery tea taste. Yeah, I mean, you just think of it like, is there anything that's tea-flavoured in Britain? I don't think there is. Not really. Iced tea, like... but that is just tea, cold tea. <laughs> With a heck of a lot of sugar. That's why I, I like iced tea, the sugar. 
You don't you don't get it for the tea flavour, do you? <laughs> You're thought, not there going like oh, I can really taste the Earl Grey in this. I thought I did, you know, but now <laughs> a, a bit of realization you've given me. No, it's because it's full and sugar and it's addictive. <laughs> That's why. So yeah, the, I mean, it looked nice. It looked very clever and actually it was quite a comprehensive technical challenge because sometimes that it's just last week it was make some eclairs which you know okay fine but this week there were so many different parts to it with the ganache uh, and it had to be all these different layers uh, and making the crepes anyway some people struggle to make a crepe I mean, if they're the cream of the crop bakers and they have all these test kitchens and they've got all the time in the world to practice, come on, you could make a crepe, right? <laughs> yeah, they, they would. They really struggled. I think the issue was the fact that it had to be really thin because they had to make like 12 out of very little batter. Have you ever ordered a crepe at like, um, like a stall and they've got one of those like big round plates, I guess, and then they've got a little wo- yeah. wooden brush thing that they swish the batter around with none of them had uh, that yesterday no no i didn't no they didn't did they no just a d- generic frying pan didn't have the proper tools <laughs> and only dave flipped his shoddy i mean noel did there was a lot of peer pressure going on from noel wasn't there <laughs> yeah. he's like a naughty schoolboy. <laughs> just kind of prodding people you know getting them to do something yeah flip it go on flip it go on peter Go on, we'll do it one-handed, go on. But Peter didn't even understand what Noel was talking about at the beginning. Bless him. (laughs) Peter's a wonderful man who I want to win the Bake Off, but he's obviously been sheltered in life to the point that when Noel said flip it, he didn't even understand what that meant. He hasn't been allowed to flip his pancakes before on Pancake Day, has he? Peter's not been allowed to do that. He's there at home every pancake day as a kid being like, Dad, I thought this experience was meant to be more fun. Isn't there something we could do to liven it up? No, son, stay away from the pan. (laughs) 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 Wasn't that funny? I love that image. Just him, if he had any brothers or sisters, they're just sat at the (laughs) table and they're like, Father, are the pancakes ready? Yeah, all the kids Can we say help? this is really no, get fun. Out of the kitchen. Yeah, Dad, what does flipping mean? Don't use that word in this house. <laughs> <laughs> you must never, never flip the pancakes. <laughs> maybe, maybe there's been some sort of historical accident with pancake flipping in their household, and it's just never been allowed to happen ever again. <laughs> My brother was killed by a pancake <laughs> <laughs> after it fell down off the ceiling when. We flipped it up there back in 2001. Oh. We flipped it. It stuck to his face and he suffocated. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you can cut that out. That's... <laughs> no, I'm going to leave that in. I'm going to leave that in and the bit where you go, you can cut that out. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Anyway, back to reality just a little bit. The cakes, everyone seemed to come up with a cake, a crepe cake that looked okay. Um, I think a few times Prue and Paul said there might have been too much filling in them. And I I don't know why they always say things like that. You know, oh, that's too big. There's too much filling. Oh, you've got too much chocolate. I'm sorry. Who has ever said that when they've got a dessert? Yeah, actually, you're totally right. If I were there, I would have... (laughs) If it was just one crepe (laughs) and the rest was just all the filling, that would have been perfect for me. I'd have been like, yeah, that's spot on. Peter, despite his completely made-up childhood trauma that we've given him, he came first in 
the did te- really well actually so well you, you say that like you, you said that they they all did really well actually two of them didn't make enough craps so oh, they that's messed true up there. they did i forgot and then about the other that. two didn't know what a crescent was oh no i'd forgotten well, how idiotic was that <laughs> that was so funny oh, oh god so they just cover the entire thing. I can't. They were saying like I don't know what a crescent is, and I was thinking, just go and ask Noah or something. He'll tell you. Yeah, I wonder if they. I guess they could do. Or just I don't. I I'm so against people copying other people. But if you're in that tent, have a look around. Yeah. They're all doing yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Find out yeah. what a crescent is from someone else. <laughs> Why have you just done one half of the cake? There's a whole cake here. Yeah, and then you think. Oh, wait, maybe that's the crescent. Have they just never heard of crescent? I mean, I'm thinking of it and I'm just associating it with the moon and you could really work it out from that quite easily. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I would have think. Uh, I would have th- thought uh, Ermine would have been able to work it out because crescent croissant. Ah, same, yeah. Same sort of roots. Yeah? But she just you know, dismissed it, obviously. Obviously, Japanese baking mis- doesn't have that much influence from French baking, but she still <laughs> stuck to her guns. <laughs> uh, and then last in the technical was Laura, and I think that shook her confidence quite a bit because uh, moving to the showstopper the next day, she had a bit of a flap and a little bit of a breakdown, uh, obviously worrying yeah. under the pressure, and I think she probably thought it was her week to go this week. Paul and uh, Prue did uh, mention her as being the one likely to leave that week afterwards didn't they yeah they did i think I, to be honest after the technical it's kind of anyone's game if you if you've i mean if you've really mucked up in the morning doing the signature then it's probably you going home but if everyone's <laughs> been on quite quite an equal footing uh, and you're mm-hmm. lasting the technical you know the showstopper you've really got to do something special because otherwise you are going to be the one that they're looking at to go home so i get yep. why she was upset but she she did sort of get a bit flustered halfway through making her showstopper. Oh, oh, I know. Um, I thought the showstoppers were great this week. It was the kawaii, cute and charming showstoppers. They had to make really cute kind of characters out of cake. Some people took the cute further than the others. Some people, I don't think, really got on board the kawaii theme. Now, we had a couple of dogs, which was good, an upside-down pineapple, a toadstool, uh, and then we had Amin, who uh, was inspired <laughs> to make a Japanese garden that she'd walked through once in Slough. <laughs> 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 which... Not the best. Not the best, <laughs> Not the best representation of Kawaii. No. Or Japan. Or England. Um, I think... Surely Slough so is known as like the worst place ever in the south of England. It's just industrial <laughs> estates. That's it. But I do like the idea that, bless her, she was working in Slough and the only bit of peace she found was in this Japanese garden and really went for it. Um, yeah, pretty much. It, uh, like cherry blossom trees are often depicted in like photography and pictures as being like full of like pink blossoms. <laughs> And this was just like a couple dotted here and there. I know. I don't know if she ran out of time or pink icing or patience, but you're right. There was. It was like maybe at the end of the cherry blossom season because um, there was so much tree trunk and not enough blossom. And then, and then the actual like base was grey. Why? Why would you pick grey? Yeah, I. I mean, okay. She did. She tried the Japanese theme. She also tried her best to convinces all that her French 
baking was Japanese. Um, but she, di- she didn't make it cute. She maybe didn't understand the brief so much. It wasn't like a, a cute mm-hmm. Hello Kitty type cake, was it, in any way? No, no. It was a bit haunting, right? The woman just, like, put on the side. It was like a ghostly apparition. Oh, God. It's more gothic. It was. I liked Dave and Mark. They both did their dogs. Dave obviously had a bit of interest in kawaii and Japan because obviously he said that he had a Shiba Inu dog, which I thought was quite good, a Japanese dog. And Uh, his looked properly like you would, I don't know, something you'd see on Instagram, you know, under hashtag Japanese baking. It really... (laughs) It really looked good, I thought. And he used matcha yeah. again. And we did find out that Paul Hollywood hated matcha. Expert oh, yeah. Japan. He did say. Which is hilarious. Why would he have Why would he have a technical challenge that included that? Was it Paul's idea? Was he like, okay, I know about Japan now. This would be really great for the Bake Off. Or was it the Channel 4 production team being like, we need to get the numbers up on all four? You know, the four on demand stuff. So if we could really plug your Japanese show this week... You know, I couldn't tell. It just seemed to be really <laughs> weird. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, that could that could have been that could definitely have been their motivation. Or maybe they're looking to release some matcha flavored products. That's true. Maybe they are. Maybe there is a whole <laughs> Japanese baking show in the works that we don't know about. <laughs> or uh, maybe they've got a deal with Starbucks. Yes. Who do have like? I think they had matcha flavored. Tea and coffee. Maybe I should have paid more attention to the adverts instead of fast-forwarding through them. (laughs) (laughs) You you can fast-forward through them? Yeah, Sky TV. Uh, I had to watch them all. Sorry, Stan. That's fine. I mean, now I know exactly where to buy a car and uh, how good baby formula is, so it's fine. All vital (laughs) things. Mark, who sadly was the one to leave the tent this week i thought his showstopper was quite ingenious it looked a bit like an instagram bake as i always say but he made two little avocados and one of the avocados was pregnant with more baby avocados but represented by the little uh what do you call it little little seed inside an avocado yeah very adorable I thought it was cute. Uh, Prue Leith sort of laughed at him and went, oh, you're getting in touch with your feminine side or something. And I was like, <laughs> OK, get back to 1945, Prue. Um, <laughs> yeah. When did the family dynamic become a feminine thing? I don't know. It was like, um, Prue, I thought you had opened up to new ways of living after eating that cheeseburger the day before. But apparently <laughs> this runs no. deep bit weird but I really I really liked his bake it looked a bit rough around the edges at the end as always the drawing looked better than the final product always does but I was I was sad to see Mark go because he was quite a fun character he always laughed a lot was always smiley always seemed to be a really like fun person in the tent yeah he got on very well with Noel it was it was quite a shame when uh Paul ended up using the word inedible like I mean, you try to, like, dub it down a bit and say, you know, it's, it'd be cruel to say it's inedible. But you've just said inedible. <laughs> yeah, but it's close. I mean, oh, at that point, you might as well have just said it was inedible. I know. It can't have been that inedible. The thing that I don't know if they're just very good at hiding is if they if they taste a bit of the cake and it's actually repulsive, you don't see their faces go, ugh, that's horrible. You never see them, like, no. grimace. So if it was inedible, you'd thought you'd have seen it on his face a bit, but he was just like, mm, yeah, the sponge is inedible. But you're munching away on it, Paul. Yeah, exactly. It's. I think the thing is, because it's like cakes and sweet things, that they, it's very little chance that it will taste disgusting. 
as long as it you know they follow the recipe and they make it into a proper you know cake same with the matcha cake right it's always going to taste good because the ingredients in it at their base level taste good yeah so they're base they're comparing things on a very kind of high level That's like they're true. having to really nitpick aren't they well i think he said it was sort of the texture maybe it was a bit like eating a sponge not like good sponge cake more like washing up sponge or something um more like a baked potato oh call back oh, oh that great <laughs> bit of comedy that really shows britain in a mm-hmm. wonderful sophisticated light yeah, so I, I was disappointing. You don't want them to say inedible at this point in the competition. It's just so close to call now, I think. Halfway through, um, the baking standard is good. So if you have a bad week, you are you are going to be the one that goes. But it did mean that yeah. Laura stays for yet another week. She did quite a good pineapple upside down cake, which I thought was kind of a good play on words type thing. Yeah. Maybe it could have looked a little bit more like a pineapple. Yeah, it kind of just looked like the top of a pineapple, didn't it? Yeah, it did. More uh, green than pineapple. Yeah, the face that she put on it was quite cute and kawaii, I guess. We've got to talk about poor traumatised little Peter when he made... Bless him. I feel like Peter has definitely been brought up in a very small village or by his nan or something because his idea of cute was to create a shuttlecock and it had... it had been hit on the head and had named it Dizzy. And he would, he would say things like, it's got a wee bump on... I don't know what accent that was. That's Irish. It's got a wee bump on his head. <laughs> I can't do Scottish. It's got a wee bump on his head. That's Irish. Um, do you want to rescue this? <laughs> uh, I'll try. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, adorable in a sense. I, I like the shuttlecock idea, actually. I, th- I thought that was pretty cool. It was, uh, But I guess it just... It does appeal to a certain class, doesn't it? It does. I love it. It was. It, I mean, it was cute, and it's really out of the box. I mean, I love the feathers that he did on it as well with the chocolate. I thought that looked really, really good. Mm. It, it did look excellent. Um, and then the last one we've not spoken about, the one that did the best in the Showstopper Challenge, Lottie, brought yeah. back the jiggly cheesecake or sponge cake of my dreams and created a toadstool, which looked really, really good. It did. It looked fantastic. But she went all out. She did like cherry, candy floss, pulled sugar. I think I've written like yes. whiskey, bamboo shoots or something that I've written down as well. That could have just been <laughs> some scribbling I was doing whilst watching it. But <laughs> she did so many elements. I think she maybe thought, I really need to pull it out of the bag this week. And she did. I mean, she did. I mean, she. I think that was a really good week for her in the end, wasn't it? Yeah, it was really good. And I really like Lottie. She, when they, they first introduced her as uh, someone that is really into like Viking metal and things. And I thought, oh, she's going to be interesting. But I just love <laughs> her really cutting, sarcastic, cynical view on the entire show. It's, it's sort of like, yeah, I really want to be here, but I'm going to act as if I don't want to be here. <laughs> attitude that I love. That is... Yeah, that is exactly it, isn't it? She's just, it's such a, uh, what, what do you call it, like a very down-to-earth personality that comes through. She's not putting on a show. That is just, that is just her. <laughs> and, that's why, and that's why I've ended up liking her. And I think Paul said that her cake was stunning and the last time he had a cake like that was actually in Japan. And then in the little VT at the end, she, she didn't just go, oh, that's such a nice compliment. She said, yeah, that's probably because people don't really sell this in the UK. So he actually realistically did have this last time when he was in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, very humble. I know. Very <laughs> humble. But I feel like she should have got one of the famed Hollywood handshakes yeah. for that bake. I, he's given out two this season already. So it's not him trying to be COVID safe. He, I, I don't know what it was. He just didn't want to give out the handshake. Maybe he just doesn't like Lottie. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? He's a yes. sexist. That's it. <laughs> Not quite what I was going to go for. I was thinking just, no, you know, joking. on a personal level. But okay, let's let's take it to the sexist. No, he isn't. Sexist. He isn't. He has given many handshakes to women. Hang on a minute. He has given many handshakes to female contestants on this show. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see what they're doing next week? Someone's let a firework off outside. Is it Paul Hollywood because I called him sexist? Um, <laughs> yeah, that was a firework. It was a gun. He's come for you. Don't say that. I've got headphones on. I'm terrified now. Um, <laughs> oh, God. I've actually looked it up. It's it's 80s uh, oh. week next week. 80s week? 80s week. Oh. Which Mark would have been brilliant on. Oh. oh, man. I'm looking forward to that. That is going to be good. I wonder, I wonder what they're going to make. I'm trying to think what's what's 80s baking. I don't know. Yeah, that's a very strange theme. I don't know anything that's like that brings to mind the 80s. But then again, I wasn't alive in the 80s. So. Me neither. The showstopper, what's it going to be? Create your favourite 80s music artist out of profiteroles. Out <laughs> of profiteroles. Like, it's going to be mad, isn't it? <laughs> it's going to be something like that. It's going to be something just completely ridiculous. Only bake just, using just your... 80s technology. <laughs> Create a pasty yeah, I... of your favourite 80s politician. <laughs> Make your favourite 80s politician out of baked potatoes. Go! I'm having a real issue here with uh, distinguishing what is baking and what isn't. Stan, I feel like we've had the randomest episode ever, but in a good way. Maybe this is what Japanese Week has brought out in us. That's that's the whole idea. You 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 um, experience other cultures, and it helps like open your mind to other ideas. It does, and none of the ideas we've come up with have made any sense. But that's okay. <laughs> At least we've explored them. I am really looking forward to 80s week next week. I do hope that the Showstopper Challenge is as mad as one of the ones that we've come up with. I think that'll be ridiculous. Stan, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it's always a pleasure. I love us. I hope you've enjoyed Japanese Week. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks for having me on. We will be back next week with an 80s theme.